Stephen Pritchard's taking a look at your portfolio. Well, he's going to talk you through reviewing your portfolio over the Christmas break. Always a good time to, when you've got a bit of time, to do something like that. We'll also have our weekly market update with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. And we'll see what's happening as a general overview of the world of finance to NURFM. It is Thursday Finance, our last program, Stephen Pritchard, for the year and looking forward to it. We're going to, of course, take a look at our portfolios, but let's take a look first at uh, at what's happening, generally speaking, in the world. Commodities? commodities uh, we start with gold. Commodities, commodities, the gold price was down $78.60 oh, to 2442 So that um, mm, puts a, a dampener on the You've got a season. case of gold buried in the backyard, <laughs> haven't you? And that crude oil price was up $2.74 a barrel, is $67.45. Um, um, People are buying lots of Christmas decorations, though, so they must be going out in price. I went over to David Jones and they had none left. Oh, I usually so. go over it this time of year because that's when they got the 30% off. Right. <laughs> but that was, That'd be right. There was none Counting left. Counting the pennies. First time ever. Um, and the US dollar, um, the US dollar, we, the Australian dollar continues to rise. We're up to 75.77 cents. Um, 75? 75 points. It hasn't been up that for a long time. Um, wow. Fortunately, we can't use it to go overseas, but I suppose we can buy some some imports. Um, the Great British Pound, we were up, we were down slightly to 56.11 um, pence. Uh, the New Zealand dollar, we were up slightly to $1.06. And the euro, we were up to 62.11. So mm-hmm. generally, the currency continues to drift up mm-hmm. much against what the Reserve Bank was aiming for. And the Reserve Bank's um, got a meeting today, but I, I don't know how they can really cut interest rates much more. You know, There's not much to cut. Ten basis there? points. I suppose we can go to five. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure how much effect that's 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 going to have. Yeah. Um, and there was some actually government bonds sold last week or in the last month at a negative yield. What does that mean? You pay to put your money in? Uh, yeah, so you were pay- effectively you were going to lose um, 0.1% on the principal. It was $500 million, I think. Wow. But that doesn't a, sound like a good Yeah, but I think it was more a currency play. So if you're an overseas investor and, and, and you know, you buy um, Commonwealth bonds, bonds yeah. or state bonds, or I can't remember which one, you, you know, you're guaranteed to get your money back. And if you think the currency is going to continue to go up, um, um, you'll do all right. Because you've got that uh, conversion yes, factor. Yes, the conversion afterwards. factor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so as long as you don't lose money on the deposit side, you'll... you'll mm. Anyhow, okay. see what happens. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the equity market, um, uh, 0.4% down on the week, so still 6,916. Uh, the S&P 500 was up 33.1, 3,701. Uh, UK FTSE was down 289 to 6,570. And um, the Hang Seng, which is the Hong Kong market, was up 49.7 to 26,460. So the equity market's basically stable, not much movement. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, all the markets are less than less than 1% movement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the local stocks, uh, yes. stocks that local investors like. Or, um, the uh, BHP was up another seven cents to forty two dollars and fifty five, hmm. um, and that's partly because the iron ore price continues to go up. Um, CBA was up seventy six cents to eighty three dollars and eighty five cents. Uh, NIB was up twenty three cents to five dollars forty five, and uh, Telstra was down two cents to three dollars and two. So it's heading back towards that three dollar mark. Uh, the fuel price in Newcastle. Fuel price, I have um, to fill up. I do. Uh, we're going to pay two cents a litre more, $1.27.6. Uh, so do you get the base fuel or the, the expensive fuel? Oh, I get the one that is supposed to do better for the engine. That'll be the expensive one. Yeah, it probably is. So um, it'll be up a bit more, si- won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that Sydney, that's $1.23.7, uh, which is up 13 cents. So we're coming up to the holiday period next week. And uh, Newcastle, the diesel price is $1.20, and in Sydney it's $1.16.7. So, ah, yeah, so... There we go. We all need fuel if we're going somewhere, don't we? We're going somewhere, and... Um, yeah, it's interesting that the fuel price is kind of going up, but but the, there's a glut of uh, um, aviation of fuel, yeah. as you'd expect. Yes, yes. Expect. So presumably the production of that or the processing of that is a little bit different from vehicle fuel. Yeah, I think it all. I don't know, it all comes product. out. It, can't, yeah. it comes out the oil product. And mm. Depends how they process, and mm. you mightn't be able to convert that into petrol. I don't. And it is Thursday finance, and Stephen Pritchard. We're joined now for our market update, seeing what's happening in with various stocks and companies in the market. Uh, from Henry Jennings, senior market commentator at Marcus today. Hello to you, Henry. Hi. Hello, Hello Henry. Hello, guys. How are you? We're good. The last show of the year. I know we're in we're in COVID central now down in in the northern beaches. We weren't going to mention that. No, well, I'm, as soon as I've done this with you, I'm going to head out and try and queue up for three hours to get tested. I've just had to cancel our Christmas party weekend in Melbourne. I don't want to be a super spreader. Oh, is, 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 I thought there was only three cases there. No, four. Uh, there's four cases now, and I think there's a lot more to come. The the people that uh, were first infected. Well, from whatever reason, seem to be moving around quite a bit. They had a fine old time. Yeah, they were down at the Palm Beach or something, were they? They were at Palmy. They went to the. They got some pies. They had a massage. They saw a gig. A friend of mine was playing out. They oh, all sorts okay. of things. Mm, okay. Oh, well. So anyhow, mm. so uh, APRA has lifted its restriction on dividend payments for the banks. That'll be good news for the bank shareholders. Yeah, well, banks are going nuts at the moment. Um, I, I have a thing called the big bank basket, which is yes. basically you just add up the share price of the big four banks. And I, I originally did it back in 2013 when you could buy all four for 100 bucks. It was a 100 buck chuck. Um, now it is 151, 152. Um, it bottomed around 106, 107 this year uh, during COVID. But yes, this is, a, this is a good move, I guess. And we've had some AGM comments as well from banks this week, which is again positive. A lot of people that had those mortgage deferrals seem to have come back to the fold. Uh, I think uh, ANZ was saying 92% have come back and are now starting uh, or are in the process of, uh, of, of getting that deferral uh, lifted and paying back their mortgages and business loans as well. They've only got 3,000 uh, business customers outstanding on deferrals. So uh, good news for the banks and APRA saying, well, you know what, guys, you've been good corporate citizens and we'll let you start paying some of your profits out to shareholders as dividends. And, of course, the great thing is that they've 
squirreled away so much money for provisions for the worst-case scenario, it does look as if the worst-case scenario isn't going to be the worst-case at all. And uh, so some of that provision money can be uh, liberated next year. So uh, we should see a little bit more optimism on bank dividends next year. Yeah, I mean, it's good that people are, uh, you know, are catching up on their mortgage payments and we're not yeah. going to have these mortgage. I mean, I think that's the good news there. And yeah. um, Wham Capital's making a big for Amazon. Uh, it actually <laughs> looks like a sophisticated way to raise capital for Wham Capital to me. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, that doesn't miss a trick, that's yeah. for sure. Um, it's a, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because uh, you would imagine that a, an LIC with a fund manager wouldn't really be in the business of buying a, um, a, a telephone third-party provider. They, they're a, a reseller for Optus. Um, but Amasim has got a whole bunch of franking credits. And the great thing about Wham is that it's it's using its shares to buy this this company, mm-hmm. and its shares are trading at a big premium over cash. So. You're effectively, uh, you know, you're you're, paying, you're giving a dollar thirty worth of um, of cash, which is really only worth a dollar, um, to buy something that's got a big bunch of franking credits. So it's quite a clever deal from from uh, Jeff Wilson. I mean, it's, he, he doesn't miss too many tricks. There's old Jeff. Um, it is quite a clever deal. Uh, it remains to be seen, I guess, whether it all goes through. But uh, it certainly is a clever deal, and uh, Amazim has been up for grabs for some time because of uh, its attraction, because it went into the energy business as well mm-hmm. as the reseller of uh, Optus mobile phone plan. So I'm actually an Amazim customer, and they are they are amazing. They are uh, oh well. <laughs> So something something that's not so amazing is down at Retail Food Group, the uh, ACCC's announced, uh, which is no you know surprise. It's just it took a while for the going to sue RFG for uh, allegedly lying and ripping off its franchisees. Yeah. So this story goes on and on. I, I don't know why anybody's really surprised about this. I think no. it's um, it's it's kind of part of the course, isn't it? Really, as far as um, mm. as far as a, a franchisor and a franchisee goes, is that. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, that the person that's making the most money is the person highest up the chain, mm-hmm. um, and everybody else does their bidding to some extent. So, not a real uh, surprise, but obviously not a great look. The, the stock has um, sort of found a bit of a bottom. It's been, oh, it's been a torrid ride for shareholders. But I guess you know, it, it's the usual thing. Is once the bad news is all out of the way, maybe there's just upside to come. But um, you know, you would you would imagine that there is a little bit of upside to come in this one, given that uh, you know, the economy, apart from the northern beaches, of course, is um, is reopening, and we are seeing you know a return to Gloria Jeans. We are seeing people ordering pizzas, etc., mm-hmm. etc., mm-hmm. from Crust. So maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel, given all the bad news that it has seen. But uh, still, 8.6 cents is um, is a long way down. Yeah, it was dollars before, multiple dollars. Dollars, yeah, exactly. Lots yes. of dollars yes. at one stage. Yes. Uh, yeah, seven dollars odd it got to uh, back in 2016. Mm. And to a new RFM's Thursday Finance, and we're in the middle of our market update with Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Stephen Pritchard, you wanted to find out about Visa Energy. Uh, Visa Energy, uh, so I think there's only uh, three refineries left in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and um, the government's now realised that we need to actually keep refining capacity. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And um, they're going to give subsidies to the remaining refinery companies to keep the refineries going. And, and Visa's taking up, but Ample's not so sure. Mm. 
So. Um, it's a shame the government didn't think about this with the car industry and other manufacturers, yeah, yeah, isn't it? But yeah. um, there we go, we won't go down that path. But uh, yes, so um, they're going to be adding, well, they're going to be letting Viva charge an extra um, cent a litre for locally made fuels. Um, this is in an attempt to keep the Geelong oil refinery open. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to give um, Viva a bit of a, a shot in the arm of around 30 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, you know, this is a 65-year-old oil refinery uh, with, with big losses. At the end of the day, you know, you really need to um, build new infrastructure that's rather right. than just keep patching up 65-year-old refineries. Well, I mean, that's right. And, and, and you mentioned the car industry, and this is the same type of thing. Once you lose those skills that were involved, yeah. you'll never get them back. And it's not right. so much the, you know, manufacturing the cars. There's all the other skills that come off the manufacturing of the components and the engineering yep. and, uh, and you know, and, and particularly the oil refiner. I mean, if, if Australia can't import any oil, we can't manufacture it locally. The economy will just grind to a halt. I think it's called... I think 60 it's called days or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right and... And Bega Cheese, I was surprised about the results of the capital raising when I had a look this morning. I mean, it was basically giving you 80 cents a share and only 40% of retail shareholders took it up. Yeah, I bet well, the underwriters were pleased with that. Uh, I bet they were. Um, I, I, you know, I think though, people are, um, I was going to say lazy, but sometimes they're a little apathetic mm. um, about these sorts of things. Um, and, yeah, it was surprising, but you always do get a, a bit of a shortfall. Yep. Um, but this one was um, was quite a big shortfall, I have to say. Um, the forty percent take up rate was, um, yeah. And it was a, it was a, it was an eighty cents. There was a difference when we took them up. There was an eighty cents difference between the market price and the rights price. So. Yeah, you know, I think part, you know what part of the problem is, Stephen. This time I, of the year. Um, no, I think part of the problem is there are an awful lot of new investors in our market. And they don't always understand. And I know that we get a lot of these questions in the newsletter on our Facebook discussion group. Now, people, people's level of education is, is, is based on seeing a, a stock on a Facebook group with a bunch of rockets behind it. Which oh, means, okay. Which means okay. they're going up. Um, and, and the level of education is somewhat lacking. And so they get all this stuff through the post and they yep. don't really know what to do with mm, it. That's right. And they throw it away, or they get you know, caught up with a Christmas party or something, and it just doesn't happen. But that, yeah, that's a that's a big undertake mm-hmm. up of uh, what was an attractive offer. Mm, surprised, and then mm. uh, Zips looking for 120 million to fund its growth. Oh yeah, Zips always Zips. looking for money, isn't it? They're all looking um, for money. Yes, uh, interestingly, this one they, they got inundated. Apparently, what what I find extraordinary is that you know yesterday the stock was up nearly seven percent. And then they do a placement at a four and a half percent discount to the seven percent that it was up, and everybody goes, "Wow, isn't that fantastic?" Mm-hmm. Um, you do get the sense that maybe you know there's a bit of nefarious, underhand stuff happening at times in this market. I have to say, um, the, the, the market's greeted it relatively well. It's up two percent today. Um, they are pushing into growth areas. They see in the Middle East for buy now, pay later which is interesting, um, and uh, in the UK and Europe, I think the Czech Republic is on their, their list. I, I have to say, um, there are dangers, Will Robinson, uh, with uh, these sorts of acquisitions, mm-hmm. because it does stretch a management team. There are also egos at play, etc., etc., and, and, and putting two and two together, sometimes in the corporate world, does not make five. It actually makes three. Look at Burrell. 
perfect example. Well, look at Borrell. Any time a company starts talking about company changing acquisitions, company I think, making. I think, I think, yeah, company making or changing, you probably need to run mm. a mile. Particularly um, when it's offshore. Especially when it's offshore, especially when it's in places like the Middle East or the Czech Republic. So I think I think the jury is out. It was very well subscribed to this this placement. Mainly, I I think one of the reasons was that Afterpay has just gone nuts. It's nearly mm-hmm. bigger than Telstra, um, and uh, Zip hasn't. And a lot of the the, um, the buy now payloaders played a lot of catch up yesterday um, because everyone's looking at Afterpay, going, well, if that's gone there, then these should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that follows, but certainly um, that is the um, the general kind of perception is that one will follow the other eventually. But um, uh, I've got to say, I you know I think you stick with the leader. Zip to me, I've I've done a Zip transaction and it was far more complicated than using Klarna or Afterpay, which are just. Really uh, I just use my Visa card, Harry. <laughs> I know, but you know what? My, my, uh, using other people's money is always a good thing. <laughs> True, but if you time your visa card right, you get fifty-five days. Anyhow, um, anyway, well, this way you get you know you get four, four over four payments, and it doesn't cost you any interest, and it just still gets taken out your credit card. It's just it's just you can you know just get more, more well, credit. I don't know about more, but it's you know it's. I think that the young people use it because it, there's a, a, a finite timeline to it. You don't end up with a credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Um, four and done, it's over. Yes. Um, the, the, the issue, I guess, for regulators is when you've got lots of four and duns running and consecutive ones, and you've gone Klarna, Afterpay, Openpay, Layby, Zip, uh, Hum, Split It, Sezzle, all of these, and you've got them all open at the same time, and that's probably not a great thing. And what what what, we, what, what stock are you putting in the Christmas stocking so we can open for next year, Harry? Oh, um, this I guess is an interesting one. Um, I'm going to go with. There's a company called uh, Tesserent, TNT is the code. It's been a big winner for us this year. I'm going to go with this for next year as well. Cybersecurity just made an acquisition in New Zealand, and uh, 32 cents. So it's a bit of a specky, but um, it's, um, it's an interesting one for sure. So cybersecurity, I think it's going to be a, a bigger deal in uh, 2021. But let's face it, 2020 has been... Uh, a, a, a year when all the dice got thrown up in the air and no one knew what was going to happen. So uh, well, hard to make predictions. Uh, it certainly is and has been all year. Stephen, you said you'd come with uh, a Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we've well, got sure. something plain and unexciting, Australian ethical investments. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pl- ah, plain okay. and unexciting. They, you know, the fund management company had dropped down from about nine to four at one stage. Oh, it should. It was so expensive. When IFF was selling out and now it's back up to five and... If you look at the fund inflow numbers, the money's just flooding into them. They seem to own the ethical investment space. So we'll have a look yeah, at that. It always looks expensive. It, when you, it's always when looked. You, it's like that other stock that always looks expensive. Magellan. And Reese. Reese yeah. always looks expensive. But, yeah, when you look at how much they, they manage compared to how much other people manage in their valuations, it always looks a smidge expensive. Yeah. There oh, we yeah. go. We'll, well see. Thank you, Henry Jennings. We'll, we'll very buy now much. Next year. We yeah. could buy now, perhaps. Perhaps we could put it on zip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe zip, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank Thanks, you Annie. very Thanks, much for Stephen. all Have your a great Christmas, insights over the year. And um, yes, Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Thursday, finance, Stephen Pritchard.
time to take a look at how we should be reviewing our portfolio. Yeah, I mean, I this is if we should be the, reviewing the, our portfolio. Well, this is one of the times the times of the year. I mean, you should kind of review at the end of end of the financial year, or preferably before the end of the financial year. And um, now, towards the end of the calendar year, um, there's some time. Most people have a break over Christmas now. It's not a a bad time to just have a think about things and see how they're going. And, and this year's been. Um, quite remarkable for various uh, reasons and most people's equity portfolios and other portfolios have all kind of changed some cases dramatically. Um, so now's not a bad time to, to start and have a quick thought about, um, you know, pull your financial reports out, um, what what your, what your financial goals are still, are you still, you know, people's goals have changed dramatically sometimes this, this year. Yeah. Um, are, are, are you still tracking towards them? And have a think about that, um, um, whether they be retirement or pay off your mortgage or, or, or um, saving for an overseas holiday, which I think if you're saving for that next year, you're going to have to put that back so you've got some more time for that because I don't think you'll be going overseas to 2022, 23, yeah, okay. maybe. Sydney Airport mm. saying 23. Mm. Um, and, and think about that. And, and for those people who are... Um, unfortunately lost their jobs they're going to have to look at you know perhaps how they can cut their expenditure and we heard some good news i was very pleased to hear that henry stat on the people's deferred mortgages are starting to be made people are starting to to repay those so i mean that's the first thing to to reassess your goals particularly in the change of the change circumstances with with COVID, um, and I, I know some people have done quite well out of COVID. I mean, there's really yes. some some businesses um, have really done, especially very well. if you've been in the IT sector, um, mm-hmm. uh, just consulting or even retailing IT stuff. The main problem the retailers of IT stuff have had is, is actually getting um, uh, stock in. So anyhow, have a look at all of that. Um, mm-hmm. the, and once you've done that, you need to look at your um, asset allocation, see whether you've got uh, to satisfy your goals. And, and these will have all changed dramatically over the last year, um, whether you've got enough in um, cash and your fixed interest type of portfolio. And you need to have enough in cash to cover your emergencies, as we spoke before. Fixed interest provides a bit of a safety net, a bit of a lower volatility in the portfolio, even though you're getting a lower lower rate. Um, you need to look at that as a bit of an insurance policy there. And, um, and then you've got your equity component. And that that's probably probably made some expected moves. You probably find that some of your traditional stocks are, that, that have gone down, although the banks are, are recovering, as Henry said in the last few weeks, they're they're recovering. Um, and, and and some of the you know, techy specky things you might have held have done very well. So you need to have a look at those and have a think about um, um, where you where you're sitting there. So the reason you need to have a look is that with the changes in the prices of the yeah, we need stocks, to have a look at the changes of the price that of the changes stocks. Changes the yeah, percentage yeah, yeah, yeah. of your overall holdings. That's right. So you might have started off with say twenty stocks and you know you know twenty stocks and had ten thousand dollars in each, which gives you two hundred say two hundred thousand dollars, and you'll now find that some stocks might have fifty thousand dollars in, and and hopefully you've got you know three hundred thousand in the portfolio, or at least two fifty. Mm-hmm. Some stocks will have fifty thousand, and some might have gone to five. So you need to have a look and make sure that your portfolio is not all out of whack because the, the, those underlying investment numbers will affect the risk in the portfolio. So you need to sit down and think about think mm. about that. Yes, true. <laughs> now, uh, so yes, weighting of individual. Yeah, so the weighting, yeah, so that's what we're talking about, the weighting of the individual investment. Now, the other thing you might think about is, which is an interesting thought, with the Australian, I mean, the Australian dollar is quite high. Yes. Um, the Reserve Bank's got a policy of um, wanting to bring the Australian dollar back. So now might be the time 
if you you want to think about if you haven't got any overseas investments, now's the time I would think to think about um, buying some overseas um, investments. Mm-hmm. And we kind of always recommend about ten percent of your portfolio be held in overseas investments. Direct vesting overseas is quite difficult. Um, you, you'd, you'd probably go through um, some of the managed funds. There's a few quality managed funds around, or even um, if you don't want to manage funds, there's some exchange traded funds we can talk about in a minute. And do. and do some direct investments like that. This is Thursday Finance. Stephen Pritchard, we're looking at your portfolio, in fact, and having a look at how it's sitting at the end of this year uh, and what we can do about it. Now, you were talking about overseas shares. And yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of uh, overseas investment opportunities that aren't, that aren't available in Australia. And, you know, like you've got Pfizer, uh, is producing the the the, the, yeah. any, uh, the they'll be going uh, up at the moment those shares won't yeah, they yeah so um they're very hard to access in australia directly and 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 you know direct investments is difficult so um we, we tend to recommend that you use um um either some managed funds or um some exchange traded funds now um Generally, I mean, there's this big trend now to use exchange traded funds because of the lower cost. But you still you still need to be careful with exchange traded funds because they're basically going to track the market. And if you get some of the quality fund managers, they're actually outperforming the market over over a longer term. I mean, one of them, Henry Mixon, mentioned earlier, Magellan, um, they've got a very good long track record. So so probably you know have a mixture of the exchange traded funds and some of the managed funds um, for overseas exposure. And then of course um, one of the other things to be careful of is is investment scams. We've got another one in Sydney where this this woman's run off with thirteen million allegedly and can't be found. And um, and, and some of the ways you can protect yourself: um, make sure you um, make sure when you're buying shares through your broker, you get the holding statement that comes direct from the registry. Um, make sure you keep that. Make sure you check it when you get it. Um, and, and you know those holding statements have got. Um, uh, shareholder reference numbers and the HIN numbers on. Um, if you're going to throw them away or any other share registry type documents, um, make sure when you put them in the garbage bin, you haven't got your holder reference number or your sh- either HIN or SRN on those documents. So that uh, make sure they're shredded. Those yeah, to important make sure they're shredded. Particularly if you've got a shareholder, particularly using shareholder reference number. Um, you know, there's a number of online platforms where you only need that, and they'll sell the shares. Um, so check your holder statements. Same thing with your bank accounts and your superannuation statements. Don't just throw them in the you know, throw them in the, the garbage bin with all your details up, you know, rip them up or somehow destroy them or even put mm. them in the fireplace. And um, anyhow, so all that stuff needs to be protected. And, and you know, a lot of a lot of um, financial advisors are using um, um, what's called wrap platforms to hold your investments. Now, clients quite like that. What are they called? Wrap platforms. Wrap platforms. Wrap platforms. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we use we use one, um, and a lot of clients like that because they they don't get all this stuff coming through the mail. Um, mm-hmm. But what you need to do is make sure you get the login to the RAP platform direct and don't just, as the case was in Sydney, the woman used to give them these um, reports that she appears to have um, generated. generated. Mm-hmm. Um, what you need to do is get the, the RAP platform log on direct to the RAP platform provider yourself and, or even, if you want, you know, just ring them up and confirm your account number. Mm-hmm. They're all used to people doing that. They'll ask you some ID and just confirm that you count number to make sure that what you've got's actually there. Well, Henry was talking about cyber security as being so important next year. Well, but we've, had it is already... case, we've had that local case at the the grammar school was in the 
yeah. in the paper this week. Yeah. So, so you know, it's yes. not only the it's not only the, these people are not targeting; they're targeting anyone they think they can get money up from, basically. And you know, mm. people who just get the holder investment statement, throw it in the garbage bin. I mean. Mm. Not a good thing. Not a good thing. Make sure you take your distinguishing marks off it. Well, we're getting to the end at this stage of Thursday Finance for today, for the year. Thank you, Stephen Thank Pritchard. you, Jane. And we'll be back next year. February, isn't it? February, I think. along with the other lifestyle programs, Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.